0: Welcome to Dungeons & Diapers. I'm your host, Ryan, this week, and joining me as always is Crofton. How's it going, man? Hey, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> feels like it's been a while since we've done this. It has been a while, and I was trying to think of what has happened uh, since we last recorded. I think, I, I think just to bring everybody back, the last uh, normal episode we recorded, I think we left it on tomorrow i'm doing a bunch of work in the yard laying sod or whatever i ended up doing and uh, i'll have an update on that this week wow riveting cliffhanger well it was in the sense that it was a lot of uh menial labor and a lot of work and uh, it turns out it's really tough to have two people doing that job when you have to wrangle three kids so it uh i
1: thought you were gonna say it was because i was like doing riveting like you were in rivets oh something. yeah i, I i'd i be like okay well then technically it was riveting it was i, uh,
0: I mean you know what it wasn't technically riveting but it, it felt like i got screwed a little bit because that setting up that play structure a lot of screws is yeah.
1: that oh i see i see okay. i see what you did hey look i set up uh, you know i think the covid season is a lot of dads would say this right now and moms obviously will be is the assembly season as people Hmm. like load up their backyards with stuff uh so they don't have to go out i know like i assembled that kid's house and a slide and now like there's this inflatable pool um and i was all proud of myself because i macgyvered the shop vac with like duct tape I, i took 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 um you know like one of those those things that you used to uh um, and and bakers are going to laugh at me here. You know when you put icing on a cake, like you squeeze it through from, you ice the cake, you squeeze this bag, and it comes out this nozzle mm. of some sort. Yeah. Well, I I got one of those nozzles and I duct taped it to my shop vac, and then I stuck that into the inflatable pool, and then I I filled it up in like two seconds with the shop vac, and I felt wow. so smart. Oh man, I you, was
0: like. Uh... You red-greened it. Like, you used duct tape I did. All that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a Canadian no, joke, uh, if I've ever heard one. It. It is. Um, <laughs> it, look it up. Red Google green. it, kids. Kids, Americans, anybody who didn't watch CBC uh, 20 years ago, basically. Uh, he still does stand-up, though, so there's that. Uh, yeah, no, it, it has certainly been the month of assembly and, uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Now we want to do our normal COVID check-in, uh, since our last recording here in Ontario, we are into phase two, meaning, um, people have gone back to normal, even though they're not supposed to. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, it, it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of people just doing what they, what they do best. So being people. Just- Given context for me,
1: like, every you know, I read these articles about what's going on in the States and just, you know, shake my head and stuff like that. You guys around where you live and, you know, Ryan lives in what you could generously call the greater Toronto area. Um, and that area is like, for me, that's the, you know, like the States in in, in many ways, no offense, American listeners, um, but I live in Ottawa, which is the nation's capital where we're all a bunch of stuck-up public servants that take rules very seriously. Um, and yeah. so uh, I will say that, yeah, summertime, people are out a little more and stuff like that. And But I would say, you know, still very much abiding by a lot of the guidelines, masks all over the place. Um, people just, uh, you know, a lot of the businesses have opened up, but they've done it in a very organized fashion so we can start going to our favorite places again but we now have to wait outside on the sidewalk and spaced out and all of that so it's good it's good in that regard i just laugh because i imagine in peterborough where you are it's just like the wild west everybody's just like in mosh pits with no mask, biting down each other's throats like ah oh, I, I love you and then uh and then just, just like giant covid hotspot spot that you can see from space
0: Yeah, it's it. You know, we we are close to the GTA, and and I think in terms of, um, where we're at, I think it. I I was more so joking. Like a lot of people are wearing masks, but I have noticed a lot of the businesses are starting to relax um from phase 1 and there's more people into the store there's still you know people counting there's still in- in- entrances only exits only you know one way aisles in the stores so people are taking it very seriously and i, I don't want to say like everyone's just you, you do get the you you know where you see it you see it in the facebook comments there's that one person who's just like let's just open it right up you know let's get some concerts in here you know i want to eat inside next to my you know, my, my bar man or something. And I think that, uh, phase two is going to be around for a while. And I, I also, I see people like doing the doomsday things. I don't think it's going to be like phase two is going to cause a lot of, uh, issues because it's been pretty calm. I think if we, if we rush it too much, but from what I've seen, like businesses are just, they're opening up and, and they're, uh, they're welcoming back uh their customers and and it's it's different so that it's still different it's not normal uh back to normal it's sort of just more COVIDness, I guess so um although I will say that uh we put the kids to bed today and I heard crying upstairs and I went upstairs to see what was wrong it was Caden he was full-on tears and like hysterical crying and I'm like what's wrong buddy and he wanted to go to preschool um i and you know he hasn't gone since march but i think what brought it on is we we brought him back to the preschool to take photos because june would have been his last classes and then he would have graduated to go to big boy (laughs) school so definitely are doing we probably traumatized the kid he probably fell asleep hey caden see this fun building you had good
1: times here eh, buddy. you can't go in (laughs) don't touch it just pose for the photos all right
0: let's go home go to bed buddy in in my defense it was not my idea but uh Uh, sounds like a mom idea it 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 was ashley's idea and 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 look i took part and i i think the we post i posted them online people people can probably check them out um uh, they're on twitter but uh or no they're not on twitter they're on uh facebook but anyways they yeah we wanted to do it because we wanted to have that that memory but i think it did he probably fell asleep had a daydream woke up realized he hasn't been to preschool in three months and that might have uh you know just shocked him a little bit and and having to tell i never thought i'd have this considering he's he's my kid but um i never thought i'd have to like calm him down because he couldn't he couldn't go to school or hasn't been to school in in three months and i mean preschool is glorified just play it's playtime with a little bit of learning but it's still it's still you know he was enjoying it and i kind of think to myself like you know it's june is he even going to be doing school in September? Like, is he going to be going to kindergarten? I know he's super stoked to go, but like mid-August, am I going to have to? You know, are we going to have to start preparing him for for what could be him not not being in not being able to go to JK right? And
1: kindergarten is like like Gwen just graduated kindergarten, so mm-hmm. she's now just done. This is the end of her kindergarten, which is probably if you're thinking about when is the best time for a crisis like COVID, probably you know, JK would be best and SK is next best in terms of like, they're, they're not missing a general graded school year or what, or, or period. And, um, but what broke my heart a little bit is like the kindergarten teacher did an amazing job. She sent out kind of like a wrap up email and, and she sort of explained like that they tried to do, you know, their absolute best, but but really, what are people trying to get out of kindergarten? Yes, there's some light teaching, but it's really to teach your kids social skills and to allow them to socialize with other children. And like when you take that away, there's not a tremendous amount there, you know, like that you can't get perhaps, and perhaps at home. And so, it, it was true in that regard. Like they have these weekly calls, and there's these playdates that they coordinate, and there's a, they did their absolute darndest, but. At the same time, it was a shadow of what kindergarten, you know, should be uh, for kids. And Gwen's BFF, who she's through two years of school, has her mom is is sending her to or like to a different school. And i i know her I know why. Like they go they travel quite far to come to Gwen's school, and they've just decided, you know, it's it's taken a toll. She's going out of kindergarten into grades, so let's let's have her start in a new school. But like you know. It, there, there was the last class call of the year and Gwen's best friend is like announces to the whole class. Gwen's sort of new, but it was still like a sad, a sad moment where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be back next year. And, and so, yeah, it just feels like it It has been a downer uh, with regards to schooling and stuff. And I, I'm really glad where we have the kind of high energy is we've been making the efforts to make you know, things special at home. And there is that, but I could tell that she's missing the social structure and stuff. So, and I'm sure a lot of kids are like that. I would just give a shout out now. Like we do the business at the end of the show, but if you're a listener, that's in somewhere that's really interesting with regards to COVID um, you know, Ryan and I were in a similar Canadian area in which we were having similar experiences but we would love to hear from you guys and 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 hear what your experiences are like ryan do you know anybody like personally who has gotten covid yet like
0: that you Mm -hmm. know no but but here's the thing um uh, we're 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 fairly certain ashley had it when she was pregnant like she was down and out and it ended up being a lung infection it could have been like just covid uh covid symptoms adjacent like it might not have been covid but it really felt like she was out um she she would wake up for 15 minutes then go back to bed and sleep for like 10 hours she had to go to the hospital and she was she was fine but we were kind of thinking like maybe she had it um my brother is also thinking he had it uh but but no no one for certain no one i know in my in my circles that i that, that i know had or, or has, uh, COVID-19. Do you know of anybody?
1: No, the, well, actually the only person, uh, you know, ironically in a similar fashion is that you've just described would be myself. Uh, and in February I was, uh, really, really sick. I thought mm-hmm. I had a lung infection. Um, uh, you know, I thought I had walking pneumonia. Uh, I went in, uh, to the to the clinic they ran a scan i did not have walking pneumonia at the time anyway whatever i got better uh, i know my boss and i had just started my new job at that time she wondered afterwards she said like, do you think you had covid then and i was like i don't think so but i don't know like maybe i did but but in terms of what is like proven and known and uh, i i know nobody who has um and again like um that doesn't mean that there there's not unknown carriers that I've come across or or what have you. But like a, uh, I consider myself fortunate for that. Like none of my loved ones, no nobody's been yeah, nobody's being affected. And I know it's not the end of the world, especially for younger folks, that it's just like a, a big, you know, you feel shitty and then you get better. Uh but at the same time, I am happy that it, I, I haven't crossed paths with the covid that i know of yet
0: no? yeah so. and i mean the symptoms manifest differently in in younger folks like obviously we hear a lot about like the very severe cases but there is a from what i understand there's a wide range so it, it can be it can seem easy to look back and say oh i, pro- I might have had it um and and you might very well have had it because i think you know ashley works in a in a very a public space she worked at a bank so it could be very likely she she got it My brother was traveling, so he and his wife probably got it uh, that way, uh, probably from the airplane. So it's just one of those things where it's so hard to know looking back when there were no tests. And I think um, there's talk of like when they do the the immunity test, I think it is, um, that'll be when they're interested in getting tested, Obviously, unless they have symptoms again, they'll go get tested. But um, that's the thing about testing is in comparison to other, well, our closest neighbor being being the states in terms of testing, uh, here in Peterborough, they set up a, a drive-through testing uh, facility. So anyone can get tested. You just have to go in, drive through, they test you, they send it away, you get the results. So I think that's the clear difference between us and our neighbors is that we're taking testing very seriously at this point. Whereas before, because of the, you know, in the March, April, May timeframe, because of the severity and the lack of resources. We were only testing people who who definitely probably have it, but now we're testing anybody who wants it voluntarily. You come in, you get tested. I, I don't think they're turning people away at this point.
1: My my thing about that because my wife was like, you know, we he, her father, uh, my father in law, her dad is thinking about coming down, and and she wanted to be sure that we were completely clean and on, and was thinking about getting tested. I don't know if this is this is like a right assumption or fear or whatever but like i was like look we're fine we don't need to go test get tested and the main reason for that was because i just felt that if i'm going to a place that tests people for covid19 that's likely where the most covid19 would be you know it's your you're probably trying to avoid those places unless you think you might have covid19 so so uh I don't know if that's fair or if they, they completely like everything is so well organized and sanitized or whatever that there's no concern. I just think like we should try to stay away if we can from a place <laughs> like that, you know?
0: I think if you're my, the way we've been doing it is, is obviously when we go out, uh, we try to wear masks. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm human. I'll often forget my mask and remember it as, as I'm driving to the store. And I feel terrible as I'm walking around because I see people wearing masks and I'm just like, okay, I'll just, gonna breathe on anything i'm just gonna get in and get out and i mean it really turns a 15 minute visit into home depot very uh uh leaves me a lack of lack of breath but um i think that uh i think if you just if you follow the guidelines and you just do your you, you do your darndest and you don't put yourself in in situations like like you said like going going into a hospital to get tested that's you know, probably not a good idea. It, it is probably also the cleanest place, you know, they would be taking it the most seriously, uh, in terms of sanitation. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about like, if if we, if we had a good enough reason to go get tested, um, and, and your scenario sounds like a, like a great reason. Like if you have someone, um, coming in that, that may be, uh, more susceptible to to COVID-19 for us, you know, we're, my mom wants us to go visit my nan and prepare. My prepare has blood cancer. He's he's on blood thinners. He's he's having a rough time. He's sleeping a lot. So they're like, well, we should go visit um, just to say hi. We haven't seen him since he got back or since before he went to Florida, like gosh, in the fall. So we haven't seen him in a while. We should probably go visit. And they're like, they're taking every precaution. Like they've set up like a temporary bathroom in the shed. So there's like a bucket that you got to go in and, uh, you know, you're not to come six feet within them. And, and honestly, like them taking it so seriously is refreshing. Uh, so, but not as refreshing that I want to kind of, you know, poop in a shed, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So maybe that instead of getting tested, you should just set up a bathroom, a temporary bathroom in your shed. I just
1: like, I, like I really wanted to make fun of you for using the term nanopapare or whatever the hell you did. And then you immediately transitioned to blood cancer or something. And I was <laughs> yes. like, God, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. I, no I should have paused there.
0: for a little bit and then you could have said it and then it could have made you feel terrible. Yeah. Now, oh, he, got, yeah. He's like, to, to downplay it a little bit here, like, obviously it's very serious, but he's had it since you for like 40 years. He's had it for a very long time. And, and it's one of the. There's so many different types of cancer. And, you know, I, I'm only a. Only know so much, but I mean, I think it's it's manageable. It's been manageable with uh, with proper medication. But uh, yes, isn't that you would you? I would think you'd be all over that, isn't that? It's French, right? So you hey. you must have come well, but, across some nana and Papers, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have. I I still. It wouldn't stop me from making fun of you, though. Um. So. <laughs> so speaking speaking of making fun of Ryan let's just move right along into yeah. the next section i can make fun of Ryan in which is the uh the dungeons section of the show uh this is for those of you who are new listeners and who knows there might be some um this is the part of the show where we sort of go over kind of the nerdy stuff that we are trying to balance our life with while we raise our children uh this is stuff that is generally more focused on stuff that we are doing as opposed to stuff that we're doing with our kids sometimes there's crossover though as there always is ryan did you want to start we want to highlight something you got going on this week
0: yeah so a couple a couple of quick recommendations um if you're looking for a podcast that is uh very self-contained and complete and shorter like obviously when someone recommends a podcast it's like okay how many hours is each episode and how many do they post like we talk in morning stream type stuff where it's you know five days a week two hours an episode um so i want to recommend a, a story podcast an audio sort of a, an audio book of sorts or an audio um, drama and marvel's been doing a lot of great ones in their most recent one called marvels is uh is is already out it's all done so you can binge the whole thing they're like 22 minute episodes high production value um I literally listened to the whole thing as I was setting up our our, our backyard and it's an audio drama focused around the fantastic four you you get surprise characters uh like spider-man and it's very silver age um dealing with galactus and all that fun stuff so uh,
1: I don't understand. So, like, I've read Marvel's The Trade Paperback, which follows a photojournalist that goes through the history sort of of the Marvel universe as he goes through these sort of experiences and all of that. It's the art is done by Alex Ross, all painterly, very beautiful, really great. Can't recommend it enough. Super Mm -hmm. awesome. I do not understand how it works as a podcast. Like what? Like if you Spider Man, he's such a visual visual character. Like bouncing off walls, doing flips, shooting webs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, catching thieves any size, just like flies, whatever. Yeah. Um, how do they? How do they make it so that like? How do they make these characters exist in a podcast? Is it a narr? Is it a narrator who's explaining what's going on? Like what? How does no, it? unfold?
0: there's no narrator. So it, that is a great question. And I mean, if you've listened to any of the Marvel podcasts, they did a couple uh, based around Wolverine. There's two seasons of that, and it's very well done as well. But in Marvels, you're following um, a photojournalist and uh, some of his colleagues at a at a, at a newspaper. Um, i think it is actually the daily bugle and it's basically centered around this invasion of galactus and the fantastic four fighting galactus and then galactus mysteriously leaving and dealing with the fallout of that and and there's uh there's a twist there where this is very early on that they you know j jonah jameson's like ah it's a it's a hoax you know and, and it's it's that sort of uh it's a podcast that an audio drama that focuses very much on the photojournalist. They're trying to figure out what's going on, unravel this mystery, and they do interviews with the Fantastic Four. And there is some action pieces where you're right. Like you lose some of it there where it's very much the ooh, ah, ooh, you know, just just sounds and it's hard to follow what's going on. So there's less of that action. It's more dialogue and uh the marvel one the 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 wolverine ones they did were they they had a good balance like you could tell when there was a fight but it was very much that like audio log type stuff this is more of a of a narrative as as people are following they're following along to try to figure out what's going on with this invasion of of galactus so but when spider-man's on camera and he's moving around you hear the flips and you hear the flips and stuff and and the punches and whatnot but it's uh they use the audio the audio drama-esque stuff a lot better here and it's less of a focus on the visual of course because there are no visuals but yeah no i i think it's i think it's well worth checking out but it's a different medium right it's um they do For different sure. things here
1: i i just want to add like um i'm not going to go into it in t- too much detail because it's been a while since I listened to it, but it is something I wanted to highlight in a time that we're looking for kind of good news is there's this podcast called uh, reply all, and I don't listen to reply all, uh, regularly, but it's, it's, it's one that is, I, I think one of these podcasts in which they do research and they try to, uh, try to, um, you know answer the internet's questions if you will and i think it's probably a pretty good podcast in general but i had heard about an episode of it and it's this episode has become somewhat famous called uh it's episode 158 of that podcast it's called the case of the missing hit and um for people who grew up in the late 90s or in the 90s in particular uh were teenagers around then i think that they will really enjoy this um what it is, is it's the uh, the host essentially helped this guy who um, has a song stuck in his head uh, that, they, that he cannot find on the internet um, and that he cannot find. And it was a hit on the radio and he can't find any existence of this song anymore. And it's driving him insane. And uh, he enlists them and they do all this research and it is, very interesting because the internet was rising to prominence in the 90s but it wasn't such a, a ubiquitous location for all information as it is now. And so anyway, I don't want to spoil any of it but it's like a story the way it unfolds and it's an hour it's a, it's, it's a great story and by the end man it really it really worked on me it definitely played on my nostalgia uh and uh really really felt good so uh again that's reply all the case of the missing hit it's a really good episode Mm. of that show i should listen to more of that show i have not yet i've never heard of it that episode well if you if you just google that title you will see that there's been a lot of think pieces from various magazines that have been written on this particular episode because it works in many many uh different ways uh um like the guy tries to recreate the entire song from memory he uh, and uh, and and they get a band together to put it together and, and try to you know anyway, there's a lot of lot of steps they go through. they contact all these music executive uh, and uh, and uh, again, I won't I won't spoil it. There's some twists and turns along the way. it's very good. It's just a singular episode of of the show totally worth checking out okay. One thing that I, like what I had put down here on the, in in the show notes is is, um, because I have not been like video games are my poison. Generally they're the, they're, if I have time, that's what I'm going to spend my time doing. Uh, I haven't had a lot of new stuff since last time we talked. still doing the animal crossing, still doing the divinity campaign that I, I mentioned. Uh, So uh, my wife and I are, are, you know, we're, looking for stuff to watch on the old TV, but we don't want to invest too much because we have precious little time in the evenings these days. So um, there's uh, two specials we watch, both on Netflix. uh, And one was Jerry Seinfeld's latest stand up. And this is a good compliment to what I just said about Reply All in the 1990s, uh, and uh, again for me, you know, the 90s are a, a, a big nostalgic uh, time. Seinfeld, obviously, big there, and just hearing him do his first set of new material in what feels like forever is very nostalgic. The fact that it it takes place immediately prior to the COVID pandemic, and a large bit of it is about getting together in groups and like why we do this and 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 how, uh, how humans are and, and how it, how after now that we're in the COVID, uh, environment through that lens, it looks so different. You still appreciate it. It's still very funny. Uh, but it's not, it's funny, you know, in a way that makes you like, Oh, Seinfeld, you know, he's a funny guy. What's the deal with airplane food? You know, <laughs> like everybody can, can make, can make a, a Seinfeld sort of impression. And, uh, but yet he still manages to surprise and be funny in that way. So his opening is very good. The second half of his show deals with uh, his his marriage. And it's surprisingly darker than what I'm usual, used to from Seinfeld. And subsequently, I, di- I did not find it that great. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't end as strong as it begins. But it's a good time. Okay. Uh, but the other special I watched was... Um, Springsteen on Broadway, and uh, just a little little context here, Ryan. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is uh, was like one of my dad's favorite singers, and my dad uh, was not big into music in general, um, but he he likes he likes Springsteen. And, and following my dad's death a few years ago, uh, you know, I made a, a big effort and in, in, to try to get in touch with certain certain aspects. Uh, of what he liked and one of those was was Bruce Springsteen, which is in in a way quintessential dad music. Now, I will say that Bruce Springsteen is likely my favorite musical artist period uh, right now and I know that a lot of that is due to emotional connection with my dad. I know that a lot of uh, a lot of it is due to my appreciation though, for storytelling in all its forms and he is an expert storyteller through music. both his own stories, and fictional stories, and so Springsteen on Broadway is a one-man show, and so Bruce Springsteen was on Broadway, um, I think in 2018 for a year, in which he did like 200 and some appearances, uh, and performed this one-man show, um, in which that he plays some he plays songs the ones of his that are often more personal, like about his life. And he compliments that with narration and like monologuing and talking, and it's essentially hmm. like poetry. It's so well written. It's so well written, so well delivered. And honestly, like my wife does not really—I don't want to say she doesn't care for Bruce Springsteen, but it's—it's it's really something that she's like, oh, you know, like I, I make her listen to it in the I listen to the—to the, it in the car or whatever. She's okay with it, but it wouldn't be her choice. But she was watching it. And he does he like delivers like a two and a half hour or close to three hour one man show. And we didn't watch it in one sitting, but he was delivering this show in 250 nights in a year or something. Uh, I can't believe it. Like the the stamina and even if he had a teleprompter, which he possibly did, but like, God, it really didn't look like it. His delivery is so good and it's hard to do justice to it. It takes a little while to warm up at the beginning, like as you get used to the model and stuff, but especially when he's talking about his parents and and he's setting the stage of the environment that he, he grew up in in the language that he uses and then singing into the songs. Oh man, just amazing amazing show. Like um it so Netflix just did a straight up, you know, filming of it. It's mostly Bruce is wearing black. It's, it's film mostly black. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, pretty evocative, but uh, I got to say like my brother tuned me into it was like, Hey, you should check this out. And whew, like, I, I, you know, it's, to me, it's a masterpiece. Like, and I would, I would strongly recommend anybody who has a mild interest in Bruce Springsteen or in storytelling in general, just how one person can like captivate an audience through a combination of music and spoken word. Wow, I mean, that—that that is something else. And I thought it was very interesting watching it back-to-back with the Seinfeld show because both stand-up comedy has always impressed me in the sense that it is one person. One person talking, holding an audience in the palm of their hand. It, it, there's no music. Or there's no um, special effects. Usually it's, it's, it's one person and people will come from far and wide to see this one person talking to a microphone. And Springsteen, did that as well. And yes, he had the music, he had his guitar and, and, and played piano and stuff like that, but he, he is not doing the laughs mm-hmm. as well, like it, to the same extent. And so it was just, both of them were very, very impressive. Seinfeld, obviously good classic comedy, but the Springsteen thing, you know, high recommend if you're looking for something that's a little bit different, I totally recommend that you check that out. So, so there, both of those book.
0: are Netflix.
1: Yeah, both on Netflix.
0: Cool. Well, um, you know, we'll, we won't stick around the dungeons much longer, but I, I did want to say, uh, d- you know, those both sound like really great, really laid back, uh, wonderful experiences, except for, you know, sounds like Seinfeld goes a little, little downhill near the end. Now, if you're looking for something, this takes a very specific um, uh, interest. Like, so basically, it's on Apple TV, it's called Defending Jacob. Uh, Ashley is very much into the procedurals, uh, the, um, Mindhunter on, on, uh, Netflix. The, um, God, what's her her favorite one is the one it's profiling. It's similar to that one, but it's like a cable. It's like an, it's a standard cable show. Criminal Minds? Yes. Criminal Minds. She loves Criminal Minds. So a lot of the procedural law and order type stuff, she loves those shows and, and probably due to the fact that she grew up kind of watching them because that's uh, that's what her father watches and uh, so this show defending Jacob stars Chris Evans it's his sort of vehicle now I will get r- right out in front of this it's a weird show to recommend on this podcast um, in that it's uh, we we are you know we talk about being parents and geeky parents and defending Jacob is about uh, a, a show and this is the premise the show is basically right off the bat uh, a, a child is murdered at, at a high school And, uh, you know, Chris Evans plays the district attorney in, in the area and he's investigating and turns out there's evidence that points towards his son committing the murder. So the whole show is about him and dealing with the fact that his son has been charged with murder and it just goes from there. Uh, I won't say much more in the sense that it is very much a show enjoyed spoiler free, but it's a great show in the sense that the production value is through the roof and it tells a very compelling story the subject matter being you know a father uh trying to sort out who killed this kid and and also turning out that his son has been implicated in it and dealing with all the ramifications of that in a small town uh it's it can be tough to watch uh, as a father and then grappling with the fact of or even a parent in general just grappling with the fact of what would you do if this happened to your kid and it's very it just feels so accurately portrayed in the way that these parents are dealing with this and uh so I I will recommend it in the sense that it is a, it is a it is a great TV show but it is not for the faint of heart um it's not violent it's just it's very much this family going through hell uh as this as as they as the town grapples with this 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 murder right so i will recommend it but but you know uh and i wouldn't i would say don't watch the trailer in the sense that it's very it's also got some some stuff in it that would feel spoiler spoiler filled but uh if you're into the procedural stuff and you're looking for a high quality show from that from that side uh, i really enjoyed it in the sense that it's it's one of the few times that ashley and i connect on on a show like we watch we watch some shows together, but uh, this one was really like, oh, we gotta just one more episode, we gotta get there because it's very much that you know one more episode type. It's very bingeable, and Apple TV I think is free for two weeks if you haven't done the trial yet, and all the episodes are up. Uh, I didn't realize that Apple TV does the weekly stuff on some of their content, so we watched like the first six episodes and realized like, oh, where's it's over? And it's like oh no, there's like two more episodes, so. Uh, but it's also like i think it's like 5 bucks a month if you've already done the trial so it's totally worth it and i don't know if you're into pr- the procedural stuff crofton but um it it tells a very compelling story
1: so i'm totally off apple products like i'm not i got no mac i got no iphone i got mm. no, you know like I'm, I'm i'm completely out of the apple ecosystem so to uh, is apple tv separate from the apple ecosystem in the sense that like could i potentially get it on my smart tv as an as a download could i get it uh you know can i just watch it on the computer without any like what what's the deal there or do i need to be in the apple environment to watch
0: you don't need to be in the apple environment um if you have i think they have them on samsung tvs you can download the app however uh you can also watch it online um apple tv has has like a web app that you can use so anybody can access this content they don't need to be in the apple ecosystem you can just go online and and uh go to apple tv and just google apple tv and and you can watch it in your browser so that's not a problem and it's all sort of synced in that way um it's just funny how like when you mentioned that show i
1: hadn't idea what that show was i'm like i have never heard of that show or anything and it's because it's in this it's in this world that i don't see or is not in my face right it's pretty it is a walled
0: garden like you know apple's gotten better and i think they're you know uh their tv stuff is probably the closest thing to to kind of spreading outside of that walled garden but it's still very much like Only on Samsung TVs and only and on the web if you want to jump through the hoops. And this show is very much worth jumping through the hoops of like having a laptop connected to your TV and watching it. It's it's that good. Um but Apple doesn't Apple really you know, they don't care if if you're not watching it because you don't have their their systems. Because at the end of the day, like this TV service is 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 a is an add-on to get you to buy something Apple related, even if it is just to buy an Apple TV, which which is something you could do. But I don't think there's enough content for you to just go buy it one device to to watch these shows. But uh, yeah, you can you can get it online and uh, just watch it through the browser, and it's totally it's totally worth checking out, especially if you haven't done the trial. So all the more reason if you're, if you're into, you know, procedurals of that nature, if you watched mind hunter on Netflix, um, this one's obviously a little less less darker than that because um it's not serial killers, but yeah, I can't uh,
1: get much more dark. I watched the first season of Mindhunter and Jesse, and I like we both kind of enjoyed it, but also like we're like this is depressing. And now with everything that's going on, at one point she's like, "Yeah, Mindhunter season two is on." It was always like when we're sitting there and we're going through the shows. Mm-hmm. She's like, "We could always watch the Mindhunters," and I was like, "Uh." I don't think so. We struggled and, and like,
0: with the, the second season on that one, but, but ended up, um, not because of the quality, just because like you said, it, it's a, it's a very dark matter. show. Yeah. The subject matter. And we finished it and I'm glad we, we were glad we did cause it's great television, but uh, it was heartbreaking when I told Ashley, like, yeah, yeah, season three is, is certainly a possibility, but they like let all the actors out of their contract because like, I guess David Fincher wants to go do other stuff. So probably not going to get a season three of it but those two seasons are the first one i was my favorite the second one is still great but um yeah
1: and it, it, but that material and i think that's i i see here not to dwell on it too long because i know we're going to go to the uh to the other section of the show but uh the last of us too i know a mm. lot of the conversation right now has been about Is this the right time for this type of content? Do people want this type of content right now? And I know that I normally am, I don't want to say day one for these types of games, but I have not bought The Last of Us 2 yet. I said to myself, I need to replay The Last of Us 1, which I very much enjoyed uh, when it came out, but it came out. In a different world, not just in terms of COVID, but in a world where I did not have kids yet. So like the last time I played The Last of Us was before I had, I think, any children. I could be wrong on that. When did when did it come out?
0: The Last of Us?
1: Yeah. Five years ago or uh twenty
0: thirteen. So seven years ago. Oh wow. Seven years ago. Before both of us had kids
1: yeah we had no so so the way that i played video games seven years ago like yeah, stuff like very violence different. violence and like definitely father son father daughter um relationships which obviously now i have two young daughters like the way that like thinking about replaying the last of us thinking about the opening of it and all of that i remember it very well but at the same time i'm like, Oh God, it's going to be tough, tough to go through. And then I, you know, reading the sort of reviews and the talk about what the content of the last of us two is, I'm just like, Oh my God, that sounds brutal. And therefore, you know, I'm, I, I'm putting off playing it until I'm, I mm-hmm. guess in the right mindset, but you have jumped right in. I take it.
0: I have, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I will say this. I think that you have to you obviously have to be in the right mindset and where my mind is at with this game is that i i i liked the last of us in the sense that i enjoyed the story and i want to see what a part two is and and i will say that this is a this is very much a part two when they when they say the last of us part two it's 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 very true to that uh that naming convention as opposed to even if you call it the last of us two you could do so much with that but the fact that this is uh and again, like until you play it, you'll be like, Ryan, you're just, you're just nitpicking here. But, but really, uh, in, in these times, um, for me, it is a, it is a dark game and it is quite violent and, uh, all that fun stuff. But to me, it's like, I know, I know COVID isn't going to lead to, uh, what is happening in the last of us. Uh, I know that we all know that. Um, but I think that there is some stuff that happens in that game that can be very uh, distressing. And if you're already in a bad place, like, yeah, you don't want to necessarily heighten that. But what I will say though is, is if you enjoyed the first one um, for its story, and and its combat and its gameplay systems. Like personally for me, I've just been happy to be back in that world to explore it and you know find the notes and just find every scrap piece of things and crafting and and all that fun stuff. And and the combat is, uh, it's very frantic. It's very enjoyable. But uh, like I said, it's still it's still hard to say. Like, am I enjoying it in the sense that there's a lot of bad shit going down? Um, not not especially but but I I'm I'm excited to see where the story goes and that's my reasoning for playing it right away is that I want to experience this story on my own terms and I'm concerned that with the amount of uh the, the amount that I'm connected to the video game industry with you know the gamers in and stuff I'm going to get spoiled um so I I'm I'm trying to play it basically as not as quickly as possible but I'm playing it whenever I get a moment and it's quite violent so it's always after the kids go down uh, definitely don't want your kids walking in on on that game
1: <laughs> yeah no no for for sure uh definitely definitely like when when you're talking about the sliding scale of, of video games uh in terms of mature content that would be high up there it is very funny too uh because today they released this trailer for cyberpunk 2077 which is a game that i'm very excited to play it's going to come out later this year but while watching the trailer today it's loaded loaded with profanities uh, and also like uber violence right mm-hmm. but in a way that you're just like oh video games and yeah. cyberpunk as material it, it it doesn't it doesn't challenge you or make you or really make you uncomfortable if you've been desensitized from years and years of this stuff um it's more of a feature than a bug uh in, in that way whereas the last of us it is really like like it it also you know it also has violence i'm sure it has profanity it, it, but the way that it, it it's handled there's a heaviness to it that makes mm-hmm. makes it like you know if i'm going to watch it an intense film or an intense tv show or whatever like we just talked about mindhunters it's like you know i i it may be high quality art and I may come out of it being like, man, that was amazing, but I got to be in a certain mindset for it, yeah. And I'm not quite, I guess I'm just not quite there yet, but I'll be keen on hearing your thoughts, especially as you finish the game.
0: Yeah. I'm, um, I would say I'm like maybe two thirds of the way through now. Like I, I've oh, that far, right? Eh? Well, I just, I it's supposed to be like 25
1: hours that game.
0: Yeah. I think I can. I'm, then maybe I'm only halfway. I'm, I'm at the point where, uh, just, very much like it's all i'm kind of thinking about and i have uh, the only way i can i can sort of feed that need to play the to, to to experience more of it is just to play it whenever i get a chance so that's that's what i'm doing it's not a lot like i'm not i'm like maybe getting one hour sessions here and there but um what i will say in terms of um you know playing these types types of games is that i've really appreciated wireless headphones and and uh, the ability to just sleep the play- the PlayStation 4 whenever I want, right? And, yeah, yeah. You know, just from the fact of having a um, Isabel who's who can wake up at a moment's notice, having the headphones so that you know if if there is something like a, a loud bang or uh, you know any any sort of gunshots, it's it's only affecting me. It's not maybe reverberating around the room, especially when you have the volume up to hear uh, people talking. So. I've really appreciated, you know, wireless headphones for that, and uh, it's worked quite well. But uh, did you want to talk about flashback? Is that something?
1: Oh yeah. I put in the show notes just real quickly. I'll, I'll mention it. Um, so there's, you know, uh, there's a game that came out when I said when I was a kid, uh, called flashback, the quest for identity. I played it on PC back then, mm-hmm. but it was, it came out on all these consoles. It was a spiritual sequel to this game, uh, out of this world, which people genuine generally remember more fondly. I remember flashback more fondly it, because it, it was cyberpunk um, at a time that I was just sort of getting a handle on my enjoyment for, for types of fiction and, and cyberpunk was something that resonated with me. Character doesn't have their memory at the beginning. It's a game in 2d, 2d in a Prince of Persia style. So like you're controlling this character, it's a little wonky. It's all rotoscopic uh, animation, which is very, very nice to look at. Anyway, it's been ported multiple times, including to the switch. And I saw it on the switch a few times, but I'm just like, I, you know, I'm probably not even going to play that. So I just want to own it because I liked it and whatever. And it's 20 bucks and whatever, I'm not going to get it. And then the other day it was on sale, like 90% off uh, or something crazy. It was like a dollar 50 Canadian to buy the game. And uh, I could actually buy it with like, when you buy things on the eShop, for nintendo you get these gold points or whatever these gold coins or whatever they give you discounts on future digital purchases and so i was able to pay it a hundred percent with that so i didn't even shell out a dollar 50 i got, pretty much got the game for free right um and uh it was and so i was like oh, okay perfect you know whatever will maybe i'll check that out sometime so but i you know in the evening like especially like i have maybe 40 minutes half an hour to kill I don't want to play Animal Crossing anymore because I've seen Gwen play it all day. And I'm just I'm just like, I don't want to necessarily watch. just sit and want to show I want to play a game. So I started it up, and I'm like, I don't want to say I'm almost, I'm like at least halfway through the game, I think. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. And like, it took me a while to get back. The controls are wonky as all get out, and it takes you a while to get back into it. But I don't know if it's still good today. I can't tell you but I can tell you that I'm still enjoying it today. And, and part of it might be muscle memory and, and old reflexes and such, but, uh, But yeah, cool. Uh, it's a cool uh, Cyberpunk 2D adventure game. If you're willing to try something new and you don't wear rose-colored nostalgia goggles, I would still suggest it if you pick it up for $1.50. I mean, you can't go wrong on that. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. And I'm playing it in the most unforgiving way, passion. Like you can play, there's a mode that allows you to do quick saves and rewinds or I don't know, all this stuff, cheat stuff. I'm playing it like in the pure original way which is like borderline dark souls. Like they only have these, you can die really quick, really unfairly. And they have only a few save points here and there. Uh, But because I have such a memory of the game, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still getting through it pretty well. So yeah, I would recommend that's the way you play it. But again, I'm totally biased. So yeah, that's my two cents on flashback, flashback, the quest for identity. Now, Flashing forward, Ryan. Let us look at uh, what we got going on with the kitties. Uh, I'm going to go first because uh, uh, we got <laughs> are you big hosting new- this week? Because we got big news. We got a fish. <laughs> uh, and uh, are you yeah, teaching like
0: responsibility? A, a
1: new member of the family? No, um, actually, no. I am not teaching responsibility. I am in the business of having less responsibility. Um, and. I was really not wanting to do pets anytime soon. I know that we talked about this on this show before, but the concept of giving our kids like in dark time, something to look forward to each day, some enjoyment, sunshine, all of that sort of stuff. That's something that my wife and I take very seriously. Uh, My daughter, Gwen, who is five, she, um, you know, like plays a lot of Animal Crossing. Uh, There's a lot of fish in Animal Crossing and uh, you can put them out in aquariums and decorate your house with them and, and all of this. And she started asking about fish and like, could we get a fish? Like, is this something that we could, we could look into? And so we did, we looked into the betta fish, which is a Siamese fighting fish. Uh, it's essentially, you don't want to put it with another betta fish, or They'll beat the crap out of each other, but, uh, they're the, they're the one of the most resilient fish, better for kids than goldfish or whatever. Most people get these betta fishes, um, and uh and so we went down to the aquarium and uh have got one and like i was like i didn't know what an aquarium took to run it's only a two and a half gallon tank which is not big but at the same time you know you have to get a filter you have to like dechlorinate water and do these water exchanges and i you know check the temperature be, Feed the fish, but don't overfeed it. Seems like a lot of work, is what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, Gwen is taking to it really well. Uh, and I can't, I'm just like really impressed not only at how much enjoyment the fish is giving her, how much the f- enjoyment the fish is seemingly giving everyone. Huh. So, like, including me, like, I'll be upstairs, like, folding laundry or something, and I'll, I'll just look and be like, hey, his name is Coral. Uh, Gwen named him because he's <laughs> Coral. Red. Get back on the fish tank coral he's re- he's red and white yeah coral you know like coral in a, in a coral reef
0: um i thought you were making a walking dead reference but i guess your yeah, daughter no. wouldn't do that
1: no she. coral no no it's uh <laughs> it's definitely uh the underwater kind but we we um yeah so he's just been giving us a lot of enjoyment and uh he jumped out of his tank the other day like uh what? just a little yeah he can jump
0: but, but what kind of fish the, is this
1: the pet the pet store was like, that will never happen. Don't worry, because there's no top to his tank. I'm like, what if he jumps out? They're like, he will. I know that fish supposedly can jump, but don't worry. I've never seen it happen. But Gwen sings him a song every night before bed. Super cute, incidentally. And the other night she was singing a song and he just hopped out of the water a little bit um and uh, she was very excited about that so he's fitting in very well and i just got to say to you know parents who are like looking for something like the trip to the aquariums uh, the fish store is so cool like they have all these other fish to look at Uh, at al's aquarium here in ottawa there's like a shark there uh, and so we were looking at really? that and, and there's just a lot to, it It was a fun outing and then we come back and it's just been fun learning about it. And it's just something that, you know, Gwen wakes up in the morning. She wants, she runs, you can hear her pitter patter over to see coral, uh, Clara, who's two years old, but when she says good night to everyone, she wants to say good night to coral and she has a little stool that she gets up and says good night to him. So just a really like, you know, easy, low maintenance, fun uh you know get a fish whatever your kids deserve it they're they're bored out of their minds right now if you mm-hmm. haven't done done that you should no i'm not seeing you personally i'm talking to the listeners though you personally should also get a fish i,
0: I had a fish before it was cool all right we we yeah. already have a fish sorry. uh we actually replaced him uh funny story because he died he died yeah yeah uh, C- uh caden if you're listening to this when you're older i mean sorry but uh we did the whole. uh we did the whole replace without without while they were sleeping type thing um and you know we we call him he's Tanka a tube to ashley and i but to the kids it's still tanka they named him tanka because he lives in a tank um and when we replaced him i think a day later like kane's like why is tanka all red like we tried to get one that was close to, it was a beta fish one. that was close to tank of one. And this is the closest we could do. And I said, uh, yeah, tanka just, you know, he had something different for dinner and it's affecting him weirdly. He's going to be red for, from now on. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So have fun with, have fun with that. I don't know. Uh, hopefully the fish, if you, if you follow the instructions, those things will live forever. Uh, I think in, in this instance, he had just lived for, um, uh, quite a while and, and couldn't go much further but sure buddy maybe we overfed it i don't know it's 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 hard they say
1: i asked the like the the beneficial lady i was like so what is the most common way that these things die she's like overfeeding i'm like okay got it
0: yep <laughs> overfeeding uh i also find that um they 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 prefer like wow uh, warmer water so we we have a light for it and we leave the light on all night as well so we found that maybe that might have caused it but yeah overfeeding seems to be the case like because we were having the kids feed it every every um every time we were supposed to feed it and i think they were just giving them too much anyways take a one rest in peace um i had alluded to the fact that uh last episode uh we we talked about all the work i was going to be doing and uh late spent a whole day. Laying sod to get the the backyard nice and nice and grassy again, um, and uh, we put up a small inflatable pool, which has been fantastic. It's the perfect size for the kids; they love it. And I built a play structure that took a week. That was that was that was not fun um, putting together that play structure. Here's the thing: when they include instructions in those things, it's a bunch of pieces. And we we thought we were doing really well, just laying all the pieces out and doing one step at a time. It felt really good. It's like it's like Lego for for adults. Uh, uh, although I know adults can still play with Lego, you know what I mean. But uh, it was fun. We just we put it together, and then you get to a part in the instructions where just the people who put these instructions together just lost no shits to give. Just it was like it went from detailing every step to how everything should be put together to. Put the roof together and i'm like well, okay i guess i'll just follow the 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 crude photos you have here and uh have fun with that so that was near the end it got a little rough but we did get it, get it all together and the kids are really enjoying their uh their backyard and uh yeah the kids love it oh man it's so much nicer to just go outside and not have this giant death trap we just have a smaller death trap in, in the corner but uh we just take the ladder out every time so it's not that big a deal um, Jeez, I
1: forget, I forget what was there before the yeah, what was it? Can, a giant really in-ground remember. pool. It's, it's too hot for me to really remember these days because of the heat wave we have going on right now. But, uh,
0: and I, I knew you'd was... do that. I knew you'd do that. And I brought, <laughs> I brought back up Uh <laughs> lovely listener, Whirlwind. We were talking about it and he said, he said, he has a real estate friend. Uh, and, and he and he said to Whirlwind that, uh, a pool will actually bring down the value of your house. But a play structure will actually bring it up. So take that.
1: Huh, I see. You're
0: Although I, I guess, and then you could use evidence. that extra money to put better air conditioning in your house uh, yeah. or have some cold drinks outside, maybe. I don't know. I got
1: nothing. Well, while you are destroying your pools, I am. You're building them. jerry-rigging <laughs> my shop vacs to create pools. So it's a tale of two pools, and that's the name of this episode. Oh, um, well, you better write that down. Yeah, well. I I put it in the lockbox that I'm pointing to my brain. You can't see it. Uh, Just last thing I just wanted to mention on the uh, for my for my side of the um, the diapers is that I know I've been mentioning uh, how I'm playing Divinity Original Sin 2. I continue to do that is sort of a campaign. Uh, with my friends and man, it's so much more fun than when I played it solo. I'm coming up to the place where I dropped the game solo. Obviously, we're moving much slower because we can only play when we, we have these game sessions, but it's great for like hanging out with friends um, and, and doing these doing these things. And uh, um, you, I recognize I'm much more invested in, in building up one character than I am a party of four. Uh, I really identify with my character much more this time. So anyway, that's not what i meant to say i'll i'll have more updates as we get further along in divinity 2 uh but gwen my five-year-old is addicted to hearing stories of divinity 2 which i find <laughs> hilarious Would you clean up oh i clean up i and it's actually so funny how and i guess it's the same with dungeons and dragons how these this game walks this line between like the magical for children. Like you have a skill that allows you to talk to animals. We talked to a chicken that buried a Ruby beside behind her chicken coop. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's all sorts of like magical abilities or spells or whatever and then there's also super crazy gore and violence and so it's a matter of telling the story in in a way to downplay that bit in favors of all the magical bits but I do tell tell her a little bit about each of our characters and how we we've set up and her memory is insane like she's just so good she remembers bits from stories I've told her weeks and weeks before uh, but she just has a ravenous appetite for these Divinity Cro- Crofton's Divinity Chronicles, where, mm. it, where where I'm updating what happened, and she's really excited to hear I'm going to be playing Divinity. because She's like, "Oh, I'll hear more about it the next day," and I find this so funny because my wife has, uh, you know, like, and and I think this is the same for most significant others that, of of hardcore gamers or people who are playing. Like, you want to talk about your games. You want to tell them and, and and you love them and you want you want them to share your excitement and enthusiasm, but you'll go into these great details as you tell them about oh last night I was playing with the boys, and we did this and that, and, and we defended this point, we took out this guy and all this, and you can almost feel the boredom radiating <laughs> off them when you're telling telling the story, but you desperately want to. So to have somebody that is so excited, like so legitimately excited and wide-eyed for your chronicles of of your game night the night before I got to say is pretty awesome. So I, I I definitely am enjoying that. And uh, as is Gwen, sometimes it's challenging to censor the stories and the last divinity at night that we played, we just did like kind of these arena battles and we just F them all up and it was just a giant bad session. And so the next day, you know, trying to frame that in a way that Gwen found at least moderately interesting was difficult. And when I was done, she's like, Yeah, Daddy, that wasn't that great one, uh that great a one. And I was like, No, I, I totally get that, Gwen. It kind of sucked. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, anyway, just uh talk to your kids about the games you're playing, just make them PG.
0: Mm uh i don't know if i could do that <laughs> with the game i'm playing right now so
1: yes, i played this game it's called the last of us part two and uh it's about a girl's trip
0: yeah uh, okay to
1: say hello to somebody
0: uh, how does she uh, say hello does she wave her hand it, or yeah no. or no, a hammer um yeah like i i yeah, uh, yeah definitely i here's the thing i try to i try to involve the kids in whatever way i can when playing games and um final fantasy seven is one that they've kind of walked in with me playing and i again i have the headphones there is some swearing and there's some combat there but it's pretty pretty laughable when it's normally just like you facing off against monsters and stuff and and can be like oh you're playing this game uh are those baddies So he's come around to being like, oh, we're fighting the baddies. We're going after the baddies. And I'm like, all right, this is good. He's understanding. We're going to, we're going to fight these baddies and we're going to level up. And, uh, so he, he, he has fun with that. So I'll, he'll often, I'm sure he
1: loves the giant dude with the machine gun arm. Yeah. He, he hasn't seen,
0: uh, Barrett yet. He's, he's basically only walked in when, when I'm, I think I'm, I'm doing some, I was doing some cloud stuff at the time. So he, He's like, wow, he has a monster sword. He's like, yep, yeah, yeah, he's got a giant sword, and I don't know, how he carries it with such gravitas, but he does, and uh, he does. He, he obviously, I'm not playing it very much uh, when he's around. It's usually just maybe I get like 50 minutes here and there while they're watching their Mickey Mouse show. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's interesting, you know, finding ways to to kind of let your kids know. We've been we've been kind of exploring. Uh, past you know like ryan's experiences we got disney plus and he's been they've been really enjoying or passively enjoying some of the older tv shows we watched some like old duck tales and old rescue rangers and and also there was like a old cartoon based on the jungle book as well that they watched a little bit of and that's been a lot of fun to watch those like 90s disney cartoons but other than that we've we, we I, I keep the last of us as far away as i can from the kids i only usually i only very very strongly play it once they go to bed but very rarely will i play it during the day so
1: i tell you ryan i feel like the listeners got a lot of recommendations this episode from us like lots of, of variety, a variety of variety of different mm-hmm. things that they can stick in their ears their eyes or other places or whatever and Enjoy. I think that they will. Uh, if there's one episode to listen this COVID pandemic crisis, this would be the one.
0: There's lots here, and you can certainly find links to everything we talked about uh, by going to our website, slash dad. That's going to do it for this episode. You can email us, email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at R. Murphy and Crofton at Crofton Steers. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week. We'll chat soon. Bye, everybody.